Messi could have more success long-term in the building of something, this part of his career that is enduring in South Florida, than he has even had with just soccer success because he's just going to build something that allows us to consider him a bridge between him and the world, right? Between the world and America, the soccer bridge was crossed by the greatest in the world. That's Dan Lebetard, Mr. Miami himself. I'm Taylor Twelman. Welcome back. Another episode of Offside. It is great to be back, and I want to thank all of you for your positive messages about last week's Columbus Crew episode. It was fantastic and just a real privilege to give you an inside look to the original franchise in Major League Soccer, Columbus Crew. Now, we've gotten a bunch of requests to talk about more teams across the league, and we hope to do so as the season rolls on. Before we roll on with this podcast, I need you, we need you to give us five stars and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us get the show to more people, but there is so much going on in the sports world this week. We got Dame Lillard to Milwaukee. He's a buck. Taylor Swift is banging the glass at Chiefs games. Chest bumps with Donna Kelsey. By the way, hold on a minute. If she's actually dating Travis Kelsey... This is massive news for the NFL. It might be the kind of thing that actually puts the league on the map with real football fans. But we're not here to talk about any of that today, as it was a cruel summer for Inter-Miami and their schedule. This week is a lot about that schedule. It was all about the teams in action outside of league play. Wednesday night, we had the U.S. Open Cup Final, and we had the Campiones Cup Final back-to-back. So let's dive into both games. What a wild night it was. But there's the final whistle. Houston's revival snatches the limelight from Inter-Miami. To start the night, Inter-Miami hosting Houston Dynamo in the 2023 U.S. Open Cup Final, the 108th edition of the oldest ongoing soccer tournament in our country. My favorite, but it's not about me. It was about Messi's fitness. That was the entire buildup to the final. He hasn't touched grass competitively since September 20th when he came off against Toronto. And as Tata told us after the match, he was not cleared fit to play yesterday. But Inter-Miami still had Busquets, Kramaski, Taylor, Farias. But Ben Olsen and the Houston Dynamo, they didn't care. Houston executed their plan perfectly. They held Miami at bay, but more importantly, they peppered them with shots until a Griffin-Dorsey rocket found the near-post home of Drake Callender's goal in the top corner in the 24th minute. Artur, with his drive for Griffin-Dorsey, looking for the angle, is Dorsey! Then 10 minutes later, 2-0 Houston. Yellen brings down Kiones in the box. Bossy steps up, down the middle. I mean, Bossy down the middle, falls... Drake Callender and the Houston Dynamo have two on the board. And by halftime, the Houston Dynamo had outshot Miami 18 to 1. They outfought them in duels. They outpassed them in the midfield. They flat out just outplayed Inner Miami on the road. Now, in the second half, I get it, Miami improved, but it took them a long time to get there. They finally broke down the Houston Dynamo in stoppage time. Here's a chance for Miami. Sneaking into the box. 
but it was too little too late. And congrats to the Houston Dynamo, winners of the 108th U.S. Open Cup. And don't think I didn't forget you, James Harden. Congrats, buddy. I know it's your first ring. You needed it. The Dynamo are the real deal. A richly deserved victory showcasing style and quality, but also a real belief that they can do something come playoff time. Now, as for Miami, I don't think it was a coincidence that Tata Martino and Inter-Miami struggled in this one, and here's why. Sergio Busquets looked about as mortal as I've ever seen him. But why is that? Because Arroyo was not next to him. In every big moment since Martino took over Inter-Miami with Alba, with Busquets, with Messi, Busquets has had Alba and Messi, but more importantly, Arroyo next to him. The biggest unsung hero to Inter-Miami winning League's Cup, but more importantly chasing the playoffs, is Arroyo. He does all the dirty work for Sergio Busquets. Without Arroyo next to him, Busquets looked about as old and as mortal as I've ever seen him. Now, I get it. Inter-Miami, they can beat anyone with Messi in the team. But without Messi in the team, I still think they can. But last night was the first time I saw them look like a team that will not make the playoffs. Now, we've got more Miami discussion with the city's own Dan Lebitard. That's coming up later in the show. First... There was another trophy on the line. The atmosphere right now, electric, a trophy on the line as LAFC gets set to take on Tigres. Right on the heels of that game in Miami, our attention was over to BMO Stadium in Los Angeles, where LAFC were hosting Tigres in the Campiones Cup. Now, Campiones Cup is a younger competition in our MLS world, only its fifth year, pitting the defending MLS and Liga Mekis champions against each other. Now, MLS teams have won the past three Cups, but the competition's first-ever winner was Tigres in 2018. Now, last night, they entered the game with 14 out of 20 games against MLS teams in all competitions. They've won those. And boy, this match delivered, especially the first 15 minutes. It was electric. The atmosphere, speed of play, big challenges. But then, as predicted, it became a really scrappy game. They needed a moment of quality. Instead, we got pushing, shoving, hard tackles, and red cards. But Denis Bawanga thought he had the opening goal. It was ruled out due to an error from Giorgio Chiellini, the 39-year-old World Cup winning center back. An error, by the way, that I just saw recently in my six-year-old first graders game. He took two touches from a dead ball to start the move. So unfortunately, with no breakthrough at full time, we had some more arguing and pushing. But then we had to go to penalties. Referee Drew Fisher still trying to clear things up on the touchline. Well, Guzman still hadn't come out on the pitch. This is gamesmanship right now from the goalkeeper. Gamesmanship 101. And the trophy goes to Tigres. Yet more silverware in the cabinet for the Felinos, who now add the Campeones Cup to the 2023 Clausura title and the 2023 Campeón de Campeones. As for LAFC, huge question marks for this team. Follow me on this. They lost the CONCACAF Champions League final earlier this year at home. They lost a 2-0 lead in the League's Cup versus Monterey at home. And now they lose Campeones Cup at home. Mind you, they've only won three of the last 13 MLS games. Now, LAFC returned to MLS play 
in second place. They're tied with Seattle, but they've got them on goal differential. But they're only four points ahead of eighth. And next up for them on Sunday, Real Salt Lake, who can leapfrog the defending champions with the win. The challenge for Steve Torundolo, LAFC, they look dead in the water. Can he find any magic for the black and gold heading into the playoffs? Now, as promised, we're headed back to Miami, a city with a recently founded team that became an overnight showcase of American soccer to the global audience. They're hosting their first final. Now, it's a lifestyle city with lifestyle sports teams. And today, we're speaking to someone who lives that life every single minute. We're joined by Dan Levitard, the unofficial spokesperson of all things Miami sports. He's also the host of The Dan Levitard Show and founder of Meadowlark Media. If anyone is qualified to explain Miami sports culture, the people, the places, the mentalities, it's Dan. But also joining us for this conversation is Dan's executive producer, Mike Ryan. Now, Mike is a huge fan of Inter Miami. He's a season ticket holder. Just listen, he'll tell you. We're going to find out just how this city sports landscape has changed. So let's hear from Dan Levitard and Mike Ryan. Gentlemen, appreciate you taking the time. I'm going to get right into it. I need you to rank the Miami sports moments that I give you. Dan Marino drafted to the Dolphins in 83. Two World Series championships for the Marlins. The decision or Mike Ryan claiming and declaring Messi coming in or Miami. Well, it sort of depends, right? Because Miami is a fractured place. America is a fractured place. The world right now is a fractured place. We are divided on a million different things, culturally, ethnically, politically, and sports are alleged to be the playpen that unite us, that bring us together no matter our lack of commonalities. But certain teams, like the Panthers making a run, are not for everybody in hockey. LeBron in basketball became a political symbol during a political time in the world. Mm -hmm. But soccer is the world's sport. And mm -hmm. Messi is the biggest thing that has existed in it. Uh, you know, we can talk about Pele or not, but in the world sports, he is the best tactician. And it used to be him and Ronaldo, but now we've seen over the last few years, whoa, there was mm -hmm. a whole lot of legacy building. So that guy comes to this city, divided in a million ways, and I've never seen anything like it. I'm not a prisoner of the moment. I know yep. history of this market. I have never seen so many different factions that aren't together on many things, wearing pink jerseys or carrying that name around. Our city is wallpapered with this athlete, and it's why he came to America, and it's why he joined Apple, and it's why he decided to do this with the last part of his leverage and brand management at the top of his career. He's building soccer in America. And the cash registers ring wherever it is that he runs, including here. I've got Mike Ryan with me, though, and he knows, like, the technical aspects of what it is that he's brought from a sports perspective. What I'm marveling at is the echoing historical impact of America bought the best player in the world yep. to build soccer here, and it could not have started better because you're watching him and you're like, well, wait a minute, is this uh, LeBron against the G League? Like, are these professional <laughs> players? How is he How is he this much better than professional soccer players? And the answer is because he is. It, it's grown frustrating to explain. No, he does it against everybody. He, he exactly. literally just did it in a World Cup final. Yeah, it, it, maybe it... It's hitting you different if he's doing it against FC Dallas, but he'll carve up Real Madrid at his peak. Mm -hmm. He's just, if you put that guy on a soccer pitch, he is going to be responsible 
four goals going into the back of the net, no matter the opponent. And it's no surprise that even at this age, a couple months removed from seeing him at his arguably best form, he's still doing it. Think about it. It was a World Cup final only six months before he came to Major League Soccer, and that's against some of the best players in the world. And yet it was the greatest World Cup final ever. And yet Messi looked like he was 25 the same way he does in Major League Soccer. What's interesting, Dan and Mike, if from my perspective of following this Messi tour is I compared it to Taylor Swift. And I took my two girls to Taylor Swift this year in Boston. And there's one thing about 50,000 people being in Gillette Stadium for a Taylor Swift concert. It's another thing to have the 30,000 outside of Gillette Stadium just tailgating wanting to be there. When I was in Atlanta, Mercedes-Benz, the place is sold out, and yet there's about 20,000-plus outside of the building already known via social media that he's in South Florida ordering the worst pizza to (laughs) mankind, but that's not the point here. The point being the hype. Dan, I am shocked by the hype of what Messi is because everybody in this country has come together and said, no, no, no. We want to see this show. And that's where I, I'm curious from your perspective down there and yours too, Mike. Tua's the front runner for MVP in three weeks for the Miami Dolphins. Yet all I hear about from my family in Delray Beach and in South Florida, hey, is Messi playing in the Open Cup final? Is Messi playing against New York City? Is Messi going to play in two weeks? I feel like Messi's dominating the news. Is that fair or am I overstating it? No, it depends on which, again, which people you're talking to, right? Because I would say that football American style, hugely popular quarterback with an exciting offense is popular to a lot of people and fun to a lot of people. But globally, it shrinks in the face Mm -hmm. of what you're talking about, which is the following. Attention is the currency of the day. NFL is plenty big, but Taylor Swift goes to a game and that's got the biggest numbers and that's got the biggest numbers with women. So if attention is the currency of the day and the athlete with the most power and the most fame says, I can bring fame to business now and I'm going to compete in the sphere where LeBron and Tom Brady own teams. Mm -hmm. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to own soccer in America with my sponsors, Adidas and Apple, and I'm going to compete with them at the highest levels of business because my marketing teams are going to spur economy for me. To me, there's not a more interesting story in sports than this business partnership bringing his brand of international and, I dare say, not controversial in any way fame fits at Apple Fits, fits anywhere you can put him. Disney, like, that doesn't come with some of the baggage that people who want to argue about everything in America now want to argue about. Just a pristine, mythical, magical god dropped into your marketing to birth soccer in America, really. Like, to birth, I know it's been here for a while, but it's never been this. Like, this no. guy brought this with him alone, by himself as a brand. Yeah, for, no. for me, Taylor, it's not about, I think, it's pie in the sky to... to compare Inter-Miami to the impact of the Miami Dolphins. They had a several decades head start, and they're pretty good right now. 70 points is going to get the town talking, but what you're seeing right now is the, the Miami Marlins are making a postseason push. They're not having a, a really, single person talking about it. Not a single, and oftentimes their games are being played at the exact same time as Inter-Miami are playing their games, and you got a packed house. Mm-hmm. It, it, and it took me 110 minutes to drive from the populous center of Miami and Kendall all the way up to this stadium. And that is a packed house up there. So I think it is absolutely the sport of soccer and Inter-Miami as a brand is creeping up. But my 
The way that I'm tracking it is I've never seen someone walk up to no. the bar and ask for an MLS game. I have never seen staff at a bar struggle to find out where a U.S. Open Cup match is being aired and deliver on that and have an entire bar captivated by what they've seen because it's gotten off to such a great start because not only is he performing, but the games have been so good that even the 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 smallest soccer fan down here That's still what I would say. understands that this is exciting. This is something that is percolating on my screen. This is something that is hugely entertaining because they've been dramatic games, Taylor. Oh, but Taylor, the specifics on this one matter, right? Because if you're trying to cast a broad net on how do I sell American soccer to mm -hmm. people who don't totally care, let me do it with excellence, craftsmanship, greatest ever. Let me throw in some fame. And then when the fans get there, Oh, wait, holy shit, that was fun. What a great game that was. Yep. I enjoyed soccer as a sport. He's selling something for you there that soccer, to me, in America hasn't had. Like, the people who complain about soccer complain, oh, not enough goal scoring. I need scoring. I need yep. scoring. I don't want to watch. It. Don't mm -hmm. tell me that the one nothing game was a beautiful game with all of the yep. defense and strategy that you watch. The fact that the games are good around him and without him is exactly how you grow a league. Dan, he's delivered times 10 every single time but as you said in a manner that's very unique unlike anyone else he's driving the 18 year old homegrown players to training he's staying after practice to take them to lunch these are little things that will transcend time 20 30 40 years down the road my point is this though our former employer had this product for 27 years Unless I was begging for it, it never led SportsCenter. Messi shows up for four straight nights. It leads SportsCenter. Dan, that is difficult to quantify. He obviously, uh, whatever it is that he's been paid, he's obviously exceeded the <laughs> contract as well, right? Because you cannot buy that kind of marketing. Uh, they did buy that kind of marketing. They end up getting it cheap no matter what it is. That they, that they paid him, but it's not just the idea that he is leading coverage all over the world. It's that he has every reason in the world to seem and appear happy and Taylor with everything else and everything he's accomplished. When our athletes show us joy, yep. when they show that they care as much as we do and they're enjoying themselves as much as we are, that they enjoy giving us that joy, it becomes a shared experience. And he's winning at business as he runs all over the field. Like, I have imagined how great it must feel to be him, a mm -hmm. conquering God already upon arrival, to exceed expectations. You don't get to exceed expectations when you've already been the conquering God. And to bring your two points together, it wasn't that long ago where you probably couldn't put Messi in the class of those other athletes that you mentioned in terms of surpassing expectations. He did the thing a couple of months ago on the grandest stage. He was the best player in the biggest game, and he did that. And afterwards, he went right back to Paris, and he seems cerebral again. But what this move to Miami has done is it's done the impossible. It's yes. made Messi charismatic. He is yep. giving thoughtful answers in, in yes. his first language and really re revelatory headline-making answers whenever he is made available. Mike, he's, he's doing gold celebrations in, doing from gold Marvel celebrations. movies. He is celebrating From Marvel movies with his kids. He never did this. He this never is did not, that. He is unrecognizable from a joy well, perspective. But, and the only time that he actually taps back into that cerebral 
competitors during cup finals when he feels a pressure, and it yeah. just makes a viewing experience that more captivating. Taylor, can you imagine what gets unlocked with what I'm about to say? Because it must be wonderful to have the kind of confidence he has in his skills, but mm-hmm. no matter how great all of us are talking about him being, he had the pressure until very recently of being yep. the greatest we had ever seen, and also, you didn't win for your country, you bum. You did not win for your country. We care about soccer. We care about you. You couldn't win. You're a choker. You're the same as Ronaldo. Whatever the nitpicks could be of Mm -hmm. not winning in that sport, I'm guessing that what's been unlocked is the real confidence and grace of, no, I am every bit that good. I have nothing to prove to any of you anymore, and now I can play freely with the paparazzi overcovering me, putting pressure at every turn because my confidence is 100% earned, 100% real, and it's the greatest there's ever been, and you've all seen it. No one can deny it. Now watch me win some more. He's free from anything that resembles athletic pressure to me, so he can just enjoy his love of the game and that he's better at it than anybody else. And so now he wins the World Cup. Now all of a sudden you see personality, you see the freedom, you see actually transparency and him saying he was miserable in Paris, he w- he was the only Argentina World Cup winning player to not be celebrated by his club. Now, I get to a certain extent it was the French club, but I don't want to go in the weeds of that. I'm just saying all of a sudden you're seeing him talk in a manner we never saw that because the shadow of Diego Maradona is completely lifted off of his shoulders and he doesn't have to live in that realm anymore. He also doesn't have to live with a direct comparisons, even though if you go to the comments section, it's still very much Ronaldo. Oh, it's always there. It's yep. always going to be there. That's just ingrained into the internet. But he, he's also kind of put that in his rear view mirror. And it's what's making this. And granted, I'm a Inter-Miami season ticket holder from, from day one. So I'm enjoying this on a couple of different levels. But I think even the neutral can find him. No damn me, little boy. Is that really a look at me, Louie? <laughs> the for being a, a I mean, day one okay, season ticket right. I mean, okay. Like a bandwagoner in here. You know, I've been, this is. You know, what do you need your bona fides? Well, this is a sorted history you're down a here. bigger fan than a, the next guy who did right, the like, second I day. Mean, I mean, mine's bigger than yours. yours. Great, Mike. Congratulations. That's awesome. Day one. I actually bought season tickets while I was changing my daughter for the very first time as a newborn. That's true. You, now we can finish our book of useless trivia. I appreciate that's, that, Mike. It's true, though. <laughs> Hey, Dan, has your relationship changed at all with the sport of soccer because of this? Soccer was my first sport, believe it or not. My earliest memories are my father coaching me in soccer and uh, me not being good enough at it over time to continue. So what I would say to you without bluffing is that because of Mike and Chris Whittingham's interest in the sport, I have paid more attention than I ever have, but it doesn't mean I'm regularly checking in with Premier League games. I would say I've been a casual soccer observer most of my life, going back to the Fort Lauderdale strikers existing very close to the place where Messi is now playing. By the way, can't talk about that enough. I do not think that the world knows that Messi is playing in a parking lot garage. Like, it is yep. not. All of the celebrities are flying in from all over to a place that uh, <laughs> should not house this kind of greatness. Well, thankfully, the executive airport is literally right next door. Yeah, it's a, it's it's called Inter-Miami. People have no idea how far the fan base that they try to tap into because if you go to the game presentation, it's all bilingual, it's all multicultural, and they're 15 minutes away from Boca Raton. The history of South Florida, South Florida has always tried to make soccer work, and it has 
always struggled down here. It has never been anything like this. Even with our international community, people are not driving two hours to see a soccer game, not any kind in the history of South Florida. This is what Pele was supposed to do when he came over at an advanced age that he did not do. Messi is doing that legacy work, at least here, because Mike will also tell you as a day one season ticket holder that the crowds at these games are more electric, uh, more flavorful, uh, feels like you're in a different country sometimes because it's not the way, never mind that soccer has felt in this country. It's not the way sports have felt in this country. We're supposed to have a baseball team that had a multi-ethnic loud crowd and we can't yep. get people to come to the baseball game. Hispanic people are supporting what this is. Yeah, but you two are the perfect people to answer this question. Not me, not one that's got family there. How important is it that that stadium's being built downtown in Miami to be proper inner Miami then? I have no idea if they're going to actually hit the very aggressive timeline of the 2025 season. I am out on the publicly doubting what Jorge Moss can do business, as most people should probably be, considering what he's achieved here in a, in a short while. Uh one of the like the biggest soul-crushing experiences I have is when I drive to Drive yeah. Pink Stadium and I leave Kendall and it only takes me 10 minutes to get to the airport location where they're re presently under construction on, which was, uh, boy, was that a sight for sore eyes. And then realizing that I've got about 90 more minutes ahead of me <laughs> to make it to Drive Pink Stadium. It is soul-crushing and I cannot, cannot, cannot wait for that 2025 season to come around. Sure, they're going to front load it with a lot of road games, but I think they're genuinely going to try to make 2025 happen in that inside of that season. But, my, but Mike, awesome. in all seriousness, though, take the personal aspect out of it. How important is that for the Huge. brand? How, is, how important Huge. is that for the messy effect to continue for the next 10, 12 years that you're flying into Miami International Airport and you're seeing inner Miami right there? That's where you can start talking about them legitimately taking dollars and conversation away from the likes of the Dolphins and, and Miami Heat. Right now, their competition is the Miami Marlins, and it's been very successful. It took the best player ever to, to seize the summer away from, mm -hmm. from Miami. But if you move that in proximity and it becomes an event, because people are, look at the, the celebrities that have marched through there that have been wanting to be seen in a really inconvenient location. You put that in the heart of Miami, steps away from the airport, and yep. you've got You've got Showtime Lakers uh, crowds out there. It's going to be the biggest thing locally. Taylor, he's talking, though, about uh, some stylistic things that need to echo in pop culture for you to have a brand that functions 10 years from now. But just from a practical business standpoint on how things need to survive financially, I don't think the country knows how close to soccer not happening for these people at all was to happening. This being an enormous failure with David Beckham because they could not get the land. They now have, mm -hmm. in the most expensive property market in the United States, they have a parcel of land that allows their business to run because they've been given it near the airport in a place where you cannot get that kind of real estate. So they now have something outside of Messi and soccer they have a plot of land that they can build things on that will actually do something for the economy down here that the Promise Baseball Park did not do. We have a parcel of land where the business can exist for 10 years, and there are no guarantees in corrupt Miami that you can <laughs> keep your business around for 10 years if you don't have the real estate. And, and the promise of Freedom Park is that it'll have training grounds, and you're already seeing with Inner Miami 
just how um, advantageous it is for South Florida to have a professional soccer team and a corresponding academy. Because I know that Orlando City was having fun with built and not bought signs at their games, and that's cool. There were three academy teenagers starting for the Inner Miami in their starting 11. And that's just with a few short years of Absolutely, development. Absolutely, Mike. But I'm going to interrupt you here because the bigger talking point is 2026 World Cup. Yeah. Because when everyone in the world flies to Miami, which is a host city in that World Cup, and that becomes the training site for whichever nations are there. Huge. That's where this transcends the, the, the world game, the global market, way better than anything in Fort Lauderdale. That's not being degrading to what they have now. But you two know way better than me. Miami is the gateway from the United States into Latin America. And now you put that stadium in that complex right there. Dan, you tell me I'm wrong. When the World Cup is there in 2026, I feel like that's going to be the moment where Miami is recognized for the international soccer spot it should be. One of the things that I have uh, marveled at, because I really do believe, Taylor, that what I'm about to say can be made true, and it seems asinine to even suggest it, that Messi could have more success long-term in the building of something, this part of his career that is enduring in South Florida, than he has even had with just soccer success because he's been an international star but he has not been an American star. He has nope. not been somebody who can occupy a stage with LeBron James and Americans understand that there is equal greatness up there. And I just, I can't believe we're saying it, but he has a chance to win even bigger over the next three or four years in what it is that his executive team has tried to build for him for retirement in Florida, which is where a lot of people come to retire. He's just going to build something that uh, allows us to consider him a bridge between him and the world, right? Between the world and America, the soccer bridge was crossed by the greatest in the world. And when you mentioned 2026, Taylor, Argentina is building a, an HQ. They're building a training complex in <laughs> Miami. And you have the, this is all about 2026. And it was a very shrewd move by, by Messi to do this now as we ramp up to that. Because he will be the face. We've always hoped that it would be someone like uh, Christian Pulisic. But right up there on the banner, it's always a great players of the world. And Messi's already committed to playing in this World Cup. And he's essentially the host. And it's going to be the culmination of this entire MLS experiment. And if you have Freedom Park there with all the training grounds around it. And Miami has been called often the capital of South America and Latin America, even though it's resided in what is technically North America. doesn't feel like it much when we're down here in downtown Miami. Not in Florida. No, we, no. Do, we feel like we're floating in the Caribbean between <laughs> Florida, the United States, and everywhere else. Yeah, but where, that, where those World Cup matches are being held, it is not talked about as one of the great theaters of sports. In this venue, they have four Formula One races, world-class tennis, college football national title games, Super Bowls, Beyonce concerts, and... Maybe Argentina playing in the World Cup. That's incredible. That it should honestly be talked about as the venue for the final, for the actual final. I know it's not in there. It might be too damn hot by then. Hopefully it's still above water. But it is an incredible place. And hopefully during 2026, people realize what this market can really do for soccer. Dan, I got one last question for you before we let Mike nerd out a little bit. If you could change one thing about soccer fans, what would it be? About, oh, the racism. 
and they explain it. <laughs> well, I mean, just Europe. Oh yeah. my God! Try, try to change Europe, and, and I would just say, large, uh, larger than even just racism is the idea that your passion would be so unreasonable that you would arrive at hatred because you care so much about the result of that game that you would turn to hating another person in a way that insults him. I would like to turn the volume down on that, but it's also where a lot of the customers are on just feeding off of that passion, right? The yes. passion gets unreasonable. You care too much and then you uh, I got too serious there. I should have changed something else. Well, you just tried to change Europe. It is. I did well, try to change try. Europe. I know. <laughs> oh, it's just gonna. It took a dark turn because he's got this beautiful stadium underwater and blown away and covered in melted heat in a couple of years. We're not even going to be able to host the World Cup because we're going to be a floating island of burning bushes that Messi's going to be trying to score I'll still between be there. As a day one season ticket. Hey, just so you there. know, I got money on Messi being able to fix the problem. Yes, just yes. so you know, he'll fix it somehow. Okay. He'll fix it. He'll fix climate change. He'll fix climate change. No yeah, problem. Man. I got my buddy on him over anything. Mike, It's I'm going to let you nerd out here. What tactically, what on the field do you love the most about what Inter-Miami has done with the, not one player, but six new players they brought in this summer? Oh, I love Farias. And I know before his, his rash of injuries, he was compared to Carlos Tevez. And yep. he is a brilliant player. And for me, Messi doesn't even have to be in there. In fact, I actually like watching them when Messi is not in there sometimes because they get a little too dependent. Nashville figured that out, not just in the League's Cup final, but in the mm -hmm. regular season matchups that, oh, they're just going to all defer to Messi. Whereas when Messi is out, you see them playing under Tata Martinez's system Quite well. I think guys like Robert Taylor, who I like to call Bobby Ballsacks, have found his form. You have the young uh, academy players coming online. I really like the makeup of David Ruiz. I, I just like that he goes for it. And you see Messi telling them to slow the game down. The game will come to them. Now, it's easy for Messi to say because everyone's looking for Messi, but you do see him coaching them up. But I like that there is a discernible shape because I could not say the same for the previous regime. There were times that there would just be this amorphous blob on the field, and it was really not enjoyable at all to watch. And the fact that there is a shape and an identity now under Tata Martino that is even independent of the greatest player to ever play is amazing to me. And also, Sergio Busquets, I haven't had the pleasure it's of watching this player live in person. It's not He's not getting goals. He's not getting assists. He's got a motor that doesn't stop. And his ability to pick people out is already upper echelon within this league. He's got a lot of good football left in him, and I love watching Busquets. I love the fact you brought up Busquets. Dan, give me your smartest athlete you've ever seen in person play in his or her sporting event. Smartest person. I mean, yep. smartest, smartest athlete you've ever seen in their line I, the, of competition. The, the, who would it I, be? I, 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 no, I would, I would have, um, no, it's not going to be LeBron, even though obviously his craftsmanship is the highest level that there is. It's not going to be Shaq. I don't, I don't even think it's going to be Michael Jordan. I think who I would select there is Barry Bonds. You know, he retired at 40 or something, and he was on base more than half the time at 40 when he was blackballed. And I think the way he had mastered a game that defies mastery, it's the, it's the most awed I've been by somebody's precision. But you're, there's not a way to answer that question 
without picking one of the greatest anyone has ever seen. I can't go off the board and and pick uh, Alexander Karelin, the Russian Olympic wrestling champion. <laughs> uh, I, I've got to go with somebody you that could. people have you could. carve out your weekend, big weekend plans. We'll watch Inter Miami against New York City FC, and we'll just go ISO cam on Sergio Busquets. So you can find an appreciation for someone that does but, not score but, or assist. But Mike, to the point though, to the point of Dan, we're still talking about one of the best sixes of his generation. And I think when it's all said and done, when the book of sixes and defensive midfielders and midfield generals, Busquets, if he's not 1A, he's going to be 1B in the history of the game. It's just in America, we look at goal scorers or we look at goalkeepers, and so it goes under it. But Dan's not wrong when he says, well, we have to talk about someone that's mastered the craft. Sergio Busquets has no legs. He has no legs right now, and he single-handedly is running the entire team including Messi for Inter Miami. That's been my biggest surprise, Mike. That that is a hard thing to do. You have no legs. You have a single <laughs> your single hand. You're telling me that the tor- the torso of Sergio is dominating soccer no, cuz he's got a si- he's brain. got a single hand and he's, he's got, got no legs. So, okay. He's got his brains. And a torso. And, his and, vision. and the torso. His vision. A single hand. His vision is sublime. There is a player who is playing, you guys are telling me that there's a player playing soccer who has no legs, a single hand, doesn't score, doesn't assist, but is one of the most brilliant yeah. things you have ever seen. Absolutely. I think I'd agree with you. Barry Bonds would have been so much more impressive <laughs> if he had no legs and a single hand. Well, he did have a large head. I digress. Yeah, I digress. Yeah, he did. Boys, thanks for this. This was a blast. Thank you, Taylor. Appreciate you thinking of us. Good seeing you, Taylor. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I did. I loved geeking out with Dan and Mike. And if you didn't catch it, Mike is a day one Inter-Miami season ticket holder. My belly hurts from laughing so hard. But I'm off to Columbus to see the crew host the Philadelphia Union, which I think could be a real preview of what the Eastern Conference playoffs is going to look like. We'll talk more next week, but until then, thanks for listening. Offside with Taylor Twelman is a Major League Soccer podcast produced by Apple TV and Rain Delay Media. Our executive producers are Peter Moses and John Yales. John was our editor. Michael Janot was our engineer. Jonah Buchanan was our associate producer. Iggy Monda and Jonah were our researchers. Music was composed by Brian Decker, and I'm your host, Taylor Twelman. Follow and listen on Apple Podcasts. Now, we're going to have more Miami discussion with the city's own Dan Levitard coming up later in the show. But first, we had another trophy to give out yesterday night. Yesterday night? <laughs>